this. He's the Saber Advisors audio experience. Yeah, I think, well, she just mentioned the challenge. And I've been having... Challenges. I've been having challenges with the challenge. And, and I think, uh, you know, and, and I say that um, even though I've been, my normal life is three quarters of the challenge. So it's not that challenging, but I think we need to, we need to dive into that. I think we should talk a little bit today about just, uh, you know, uh, personal development, because I think that has a lot to do with you know, your career. Um, and I think that in an industry like commercial real estate, if you're not optimizing your health and wellness, you know, you can easily fall to the back of the pack uh, because it takes a lot of energy to be good at this. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And, and oftentimes we talk about our business and sports and, and not everybody's played sports. And so I get that. But when you look at the challenge, this challenge, this particular challenge or other challenges, uh, they're, they're a great, they're a great guide to how you conduct yourself, especially when you think about our business that for the most part is, is commission. You're breaking up on us, Corey. I'll, I'll jump in here until he gets back. I'm assuming that he was about to say is, uh, commission based and uh he's exactly right so i think i think that you know all of these things go hand in hand right where when we talk about personal Great. development yeah oh, Corey, so, you cut out for for a while and that you're back, i'm sorry you're yeah back. Oh, Jumped back. In. okay i'm sorry my call was ringing in i didn't take it maybe that was the problem but what, what i was saying is and i apologize if, if now i'm going to be redundant is that it allowed the, the personal development that comes from doing this thing, especially for all, a lot of us that are in the business on a commission basis, where you are your own company, your your own existence uh, in terms of the, the the food you put in your mouth. And so to stay disciplined and to stay on track, these challenges uh, are tremendous. And I, I think I was saying at 75 hard that we did last year uh. for myself, and it's not, not as a pat on the back to myself, but it, it got me so fine-tuned because I'm a pretty I'm very disciplined and, and very regimented all that stuff but following this it became so the fine-tuning for me was tremendous and and when I speak to people about it I tell them that it's you know and we talk about this all the time it's more mental than physical yeah there are phys- certainly there's a physical component to it for sure but the mental the mental part of it uh, is tremendous and keep just keeping you in line is is a great it's a great tool and i you know i am so for all of these types of challenges yeah for sure so let, let's start the room officially since uh we just dove in and then and allison uh is under the weather and we're 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 hoping that she uh actually rests and uh and, and i think we could pull that into some of the discussion right because rest is so important but welcome to the CRE Digital Army Clubhouse. Uh, this clubhouse is being recorded because we are content creators, and we will take this recording and put it up on uh, the Saber Audio Experience. Uh, so obviously, some of you are not listening to this live. You're listening to it on the Saber Audio Experience, and that's why we're recording. So if you jump up here and dive into the conversation with Corey and I, which today's topic is going to be about personal development and how, uh, you know, running your life like an athlete on some level uh, allows you to really uh, grow your career uh, and optimize your overall life. So 
that's what we're discussing today. So, Corey, you know, it's interesting that obviously you're 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 reflecting about a year ago on 75 hard, and uh, you know, you and I were a group of uh, you know several handfuls of people who set out to start 75 hard uh, Labor Day weekend, following Labor Day weekend last year. And for those of you who don't know what 75 hard is, 75 hard is a challenge created by Andy Frisella, who's an absolute, uh, you know, business uh, beast. And uh, he basically created this as a mental toughness challenge, right? So it's, yes, physical is, is, is a component of it, of course, but, uh, but it's mental. And I think, Corey, you'd agree that, you know, along the journey with 75 hard, uh, just to kind of, you know, tell folks who don't know what it is, what it is, it's essentially 75 days of clean eating, no alcohol, two 45-minute workouts, which need to be a minimum of three hours apart. One of the 45-minute workouts needs to be outdoors, regardless of the weather, which adds another challenge, especially when you're doing it in New York, a little bit more so than other places. Um, and uh, New York in the winter, I should say, right, or fall. Um, and uh, what else? Ten pages of a book, a gallon of water a day. And am I missing anything, Corey? I did think you say, pretty much did, it. You, did you say the no alcohol? Did you say that part? I, I did. I did, okay, yes. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, which is easier for some of us more than it is others. But uh, so, so, yeah, so, Corey, and then, you know, just to fill everybody in, so we're doing a 550 challenge, which is 75 hard inspired. A little bit easier because it's two 50-minute workouts. They can be back-to-back. Uh, -back. So you could work out that those 250s back-to-back. -back. I'm terrible at math, so I can't tell you how many minutes that is in a row. Corey, I know you're like a mathematical wizard. <laughs> that's, a, that's, 100, that's 100 minutes. So is it out an hour and 40 minutes or so? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so you, it's a little bit easier uh, for, from that standpoint. In addition to that, it's 50 days, not 75, not 75. And then both workouts can be a walk and they can be indoors and you do not have to endure weather. Uh, so that's really the main difference. What are your thoughts on the differences, Corey, between the two challenges? Well, I mean, my, one of my guys said to me, he goes, you got to step back from your routine to make this one work. As right. opposed to, you know, but, but, but all kidding aside, I, I, I'm taking it as serious as the 75 hard uh, and, and uh, Eddie Gonzalez, I know, I know they're working at a, at the summit and he's not here today, but he wants to do, he wants to do the 75 instead of the 50. So I told him I'd tag along with him. So we're going to give that a run. Um, but all okay. of that said, all of that said, I think that when you, when you, when you look at this from a, from a mental perspective, um, and a discipline perspective, I like to try to add a little bit of fun to it. And, and, and what's, what's some of the fun? You know, even when you look at the gallon of water, okay, that you have to drink, and we all drink a lot of water generally, uh, but when you look at that gallon of water, what's the mental part of that? The mental part of that is, is planning your day and knowing what you have ahead of you. If, you. if you're like some of us and have a site tour, right, you got to think about when you're drinking that water. Because if you're stuck on a tour and you have to get out and for all those reasons, um, that's part of it. And, and so I like those little things that that are sort of simple but hard at the same time. So I, I, I like that. Um, for me, uh, my guy said it the first time around and it's the same thing the second time around. Reading, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up early. I run around. I'm crazy. I'd like, we all are to sit and read 10 pages is, is my biggest challenge of this. I'm overcoming it and I'm getting better at it. And, but it's hard and thinking about it because we read our periodicals, we read our, our trades, we read our, our, what the posts uh, on Instagram or whatever it is, we read our leases, but to say, right. grab a book and start to read a book. It's, you know, it's an interesting not difficult, but it's an interesting challenge when planning and putting all of that together is what creates that, that strong mental disciplined approach to how you go about everything. And I think that's really the end goal is to sort of fine, fine tune yourself. You're spot on. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I have not, I have not, I, I have tremendous discipline. And I have not really switched into the right mindset for this challenge. And, and I'm completely aware of it because I started the challenge uh, while I was traveling with the family and, and had a wedding. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I actually, since it's not 75 hard, I like gave myself a pass, you know, on some level, which, which is so funny because I posted on my Instagram yesterday, I did a poll where you know, since we started, one of the five things, two days out of, I think, is it day six or seven, Corey? We're at eight today. Eight today. Eight, eight today. Okay. So, so I missed, uh, I missed, and now probably more than that. So I, I missed probably one of the tasks for, let's call it four of the eight days. And that's, by the way, 75 hard. If you miss one of the t- oh, I missed we we forgot about the photo, the daily photo, Corey. Well, you took that uh, out of this. Se- you took that out of this one. No, I meant for seventy five hard. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't mention yep. it when. I, so, so the daily photo was one of the things I hated the most about seventy five hard, because it was like you know you, you just kind of forget to do it. Uh, and by the way, if you're really following the seventy five hard rules, if you forget to take a photo and it's twelve oh five a.m. and it's the next day you're out you could be in day 70 and you didn't take the photo you're out of the challenge you're starting over and and i know go ahead i'm sorry i just i I think there's like a sort of a fun irony in the fact that you of all people would forget to take a photo (laughs) because Uh, because you're you're so out there and you know like the camera's in your hand automatically that's a fact but you know what it becomes one of those things where you're like you know, you, it just, you forgot that you didn't take it. Right. Right. Like, you know, you wake up in the morning and I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, like I get up and I'm on a tear. Right. Like, and, and, and by the way, my mindset is not what it is while I'm doing 75 hard on this challenge. It's just not, I wake up, you know, like an animal when I was doing 75 hard and I'm getting after it from the minute that I wake up. Now, mind you, I'm getting up and getting after it every single day of my life. Like that never turns off like you, Corey, but the mindset is, is a little bit different for me because, and, and by the way, I, I intentionally set up the, you know, 550 challenge to eliminate the photo for that reason. Cause I just don't want to be, I don't want to be bothered with it. I, I don't see the, I don't see the point of taking a photo of your progress every day. Cause you're not going to see the progress. Every right. Day. Yeah. That, that was the one thing I didn't understand. When we first did the 75 hard, you just, you can't see it from day to day. You know, if it was once a week, I would have understood, you know, maybe you see something. Yep. I didn't understand it day to day. I want to cut in real quick. I know Jean's yeah. got her hand. Jean's got her hand up. 
and I don't. I'm having trouble pulling her up if if she wants to say something. I, I, I did the same thing, and I think she might have hit it by mistake. Okay. Uh, Gene, shoot one of us a text if you're trying to come up because we're trying to invite you, and it's uh, it said. Uh, sorry, Gene Heller can't join right now. Maybe later. So okay. Uh, let us know if you yeah. are trying to come up here. And by the way, everybody who's uh, in the audience right now, feel free to raise your hand, jump up. This is this is the 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 Jay and Corey show today. So yeah. if you want to talk more, you want to talk more about personal development, the five fifty challenge. You want to talk about commercial real estate brokerage. You want to talk about digital marketing. You want to talk about anything that you want to talk about. We're here for it. Yeah. I, I rec- you know, and I recognize, you know, our, our pink rings below, but I want, I want to tell you that there are, are uh, Darshan, I've come to know, and we're going to meet up. He's another social, uh, social media friend of mine that I haven't met yet, but I feel like we're, we're good, good friends from another clubhouse group. Uh, and he's a, he's a solid uh, New York City guy in the hospitality field, tremendous and knowledgeable. And then I want to also introduce Deba Zavari, who's down there who's becoming fast becoming one of my great, great friends, who's just an unbelievable human being. And she's working her way into this real estate business. And hopefully we're going to do it together. And uh, they're, they're, they're solid follows. You guys up. Oh. Hey, Diva. Hey, Corey. Thanks for the introduction. Of course. Of course. <laughs> great to meet you all. Yep. Oh, do great. I see Andrew Citrin, my buddy down there? Wow. Is that who I, yeah, that's who it is. That's it's amazing who you can meet in these small groups. Absolutely. So, Diva. Uh, so, so uh, you know, obviously, based on on what Corey just said, I want to know more. I don't know you, and uh, <laughs> I think I think that I'm probably not the only one who would like to know more about you. So, if you don't mind, can you give us thirty seconds on on your background? And then, yeah, Andrew, abs- you're next. Yeah, absolutely. All Thanks right. For- Thanks for putting me up here on the platform. Um, Corey and I met, I'll I'll tell you the funny version. Corey and I met through someone who was a Tinder date who became a beloved best friend. Um, And and we were introduced because I have a very wide range of expertise and experiences, both throughout healthcare, through fintech, um, through affordable housing finance. And so... Um, through all the experiences that I've had, I'm, I'm really interested in the dynamics of development and the use of space. And um, I did not know about how much fun people in commercial real estate they were having until really I had an incredible walk with Corey yesterday where we went a lot around Long Island City. And I realized that, um, you know, some of my expertise and the visions that I have for where people and relationships and buildings and use of buildings and product and all that come together. Like it's just extraordinary what is possible. And, um, you know, that's not enough, but I, I'm just totally enamored and, and new to the commercial real estate field to an extent. And in, in my healthcare background, I actually set up shops around the country um, for physical therapy clinics. So I, I know a thing or two about facility development and finding the right spot, but looking to expand my horizon and learn more about other types of uh, retail and commercial real estate. I, I Happy to be here. Love that. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. And, you know, a friend of Corey's is a friend of ours. 100%. And, uh, 100%. You, 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 
what's really cool about about what you what you just said you know is is when you spoke so positively about how you know commercial real estate folks are it just tells me that you just basically had a great experience meeting you know Corey Zelnick and 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 uh meeting one of the greats because you know using that diba as a blanket statement for our industry is is would be strange unfortunately but amongst this group you're spot on you mean you mean using Corey's name amongst other groups <laughs> no, saying that commercial real estate folks are like oh, okay, a okay. fresh air to hang out with. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. It's the truth. It's the truth. Andrew, what's up, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself for the people who do not know. Sure. Uh, Diva and I go back a bit through <clears throat> various friend circles. Commercial real estate is less of a an industry overlap with my own world, which is much more in the the media entertainment sector. Although of course there's production and the facility expansion out here in New York, where I live is definitely something that hasn't gone unnoticed, but I'm at a, at Viacom CBS doing strategy and operations in our branded content world. So the last year in terms of the physicality of media and being out there for activations and productions is very much been an evolving process. Well, that first off, I mean, based on the fact that we're in the CRE Digital Army room, I have so much I I, I want to ask you because you know we're kind of leading the charge in the digital era, like ushering the commercial real estate into the digital era. I have. A, a weekly vlog that's, I don't know, four years old at this point, uh, 300 plus episodes. Uh, I might be a little off on the number because I don't pay attention anymore. Um, but, you know, so we're, we're, we're really incorporating the use of video and, and content creation, um, similarly to how my friend Ryan Serhant is, is, you know, doing that on the residential side. Um, and, you know, based on what you just said and where you are and your background, you know, what, what are your thoughts or maybe what are your suggestions for folks that are in the real estate space with regard to content creation and video production? And I would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a very interesting time because there is more content production happening than at any time in the history of media, uh, there's more being consumed, there's more being produced, there's more distribution channels for people to get their content to them, whether it's a whole range of super premium premiere HBO Netflix level, all the way down to individual TikTokers and vloggers and such. But the need for facilities and studio space has skyrocketed, definitely in hubs like New York and LA, but across the country and other re- uh, markets as well especially tax favorable havens. And, you know, I think it's a great space for media right now. What's interesting is on the flip side, when it comes to actual real estate assets, you know, I mentioned I'm at Viacom, we're definitely in a motion of getting rid of some physical spaces, especially, you know, the BlackRock building for CBS is being let go just because of the scale of need for in-person work for non-production folks within the content space is on the the opposite trajectory. So it's funny how the the scale is kind of tipping 
in a different direction for how much physical space is needed, but it's very much in a transition right now, I would say, which usually means that it's a good time to be looking into finding some kind of return on investment if you at least know the right way to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we we are always paying attention to uh, just consumer behavior. And, you know, I, I personally love studying uh, what, you know, young people are doing and obviously, you know, paying attention to and talking to, you know, having the benefit of, uh, of, of uh, knowing Gary Vaynerchuk and being, uh, you know, having been in his company uh, many years ago and that rubbing off on me and me kind of doing my part of bringing, you know, Gary's vision uh, into the world of retail real estate, which really spawned the, inception of the CRE digital army um, and everything that's, you know, continuing to evolve. It's funny because in, in the world, you know, the commercial real estate industry is so far behind other industries and that would be even more apparent to, to people like you and Deba who are not, you know, 20 year commercial real estate veterans that uh, still ask what the ROI of using social media is, right? Like you're not really, really of that of that world. Right. Which is why, quite frankly, I enjoy talking to people like you more than I do those legacy commercial real estate people who still don't get it. Uh, and, and claim that it's just not relevant today, aside from maybe their, you know, children or grandchildren using TikTok to, uh, do funny dances, et cetera. And that's, and and that's, and and that's, and that's especially true in the, in the New York city market. Um, you know, I'm, you know, we talked about this at a conference last week. I'm sort of the old dog doing the new tricks and I jumped on board and, and I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. But a couple of years ago, I made I, I made fun of Jay because I didn't understand where he was going with it. And then when COVID came around and he and I are great friends for many years, spent so much time on the phone and learning and watching that I just just grabbed a hold of it. And, and and I'm like one of the I'm one of the few. I can't say I'm, I'm the only, but I'm one of the few New York City brokers that have taken to this type of thing. And now I'm getting laughed at for, for doing it. And it just really talks about, you know, really just speaks to the fact that the, the industry, New York city based aspect of this industry is so, so antiquated and so draconian in terms of their approach. And, and I learn every single day uh, being a part of the CRE digital army from the group that is spread out around the country and how easy it comes. And, and yes, and I think that part of it is age and generational. I get that. Uh, but it is such, it has become such a, a tremendous tool. Uh, like I said, I mean, Diva and I are, are now dear friends. And if it's not for social in some, in some form, I don't know Diva and Darshan down below and, and so many others and people that I've come upon after spending time with them on, on social, interacting with them, they're watching my Instagram, I'm watching their Instagram on a personal level, and then tying that into the business. Um, when I've come upon them, as we say, Jay, IRL in real life, you know, I, we're, we're hugging and kissing because we're best friends. And it's the first time we're ever meeting in person. And it's all together in conjunction on a personal level with the business. It's just such a tremendous thing. It's such a tremendous thing. And I'm happy Jay's got me along for the ride uh, to, to expand this thing. And it's just tremendous. And I love being a part of it and I love doing it. And I hope more and more, you know, get on board. It's just, it's a fabulous tool. 
Yeah, so I, Darshan is, is up on the stage. I, I saw that uh, he grabbed the call, so I don't know if he's available. Darshan, are you are you available to tell the group about yourself? Hey, yeah, um, I'm back, and uh, thank you, Corey, for the uh, kindness and Jason for the invite. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's funny you guys talked about it. I, I was kind of in and out of calls, so I do apologize for some maybe off topic a little bit, but um, I did hear about. Um, you know, the relevance of social media and things like this. Um, I will tell you, and not to make it a negative conversation, but I think it's incredible what social media has done. And, you know, definitely it's a connector. But I do find myself, like, kind of jumping down the rabbit hole. Even on this app, like, I, you know, I'll be in the middle of something and, like, someone will talk about something interesting and it, you know, it pulls you in. And I will tell you, my productivity level sometimes um, aren't where they need to be. Um, because it's so compelling, but at the same time, you know, like, you know, I think there's so much value that can be driven from it. I just, for me personally, I, I think I take it too much to the extreme where it's like, oh my God, I'm getting sucked back in. And like, you know, I'll go through these hiatuses of like, I'm on here and then I'm off here. And, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where I'm really conflicted. It's like, I should be on there cause I'm learning a lot. I'm meeting new people, but you know, I don't, does anyone else feel the same way? Is this just me? I, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I will tell you, it's interesting because I think that plays to where we sort of started the day on this conversation in terms of our 75 hard or our 550 and, and using something like that in terms of self-discipline and focus and things like, and and how we go about it. But I, I hear you. Yes, you can get sucked in, but I think it, it becomes how you discipline yourself and control yourself to, to avoid that. Because I, I don't think you want to take it to a point right, where you go, you know, you go dark from social. I think you want to have it as a, as a continuum and maybe it's something about, you know, calendaring it for yourself and just say, you know, here's my half an hour, here's my hour and and let me go do it. Uh, but I, I hear, I hear exactly what you're saying. I hear exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I was going to go ahead. Dush. Well, I was, I was just going to say that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm very, uh, strategic about what I'm leveraging social media for. And uh, I think that's important. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm using these platforms to build businesses and that's no secret, right? And, and, and the fact that I've been able to start new companies, you know, in the depth of a pandemic as a result of social media uh, and companies that are built on social media um, you know, and, and hiring people across the country uh, and working with them for several months before I ever meet them in person, you know, I think it's important because everybody's doing different things. And if you're not building businesses that are based on social media or hiring people through Clubhouse uh, and you're just focused on running your business that's a hyper-local business, and you're not, you know, doing the things I'm describing, I think your needs are different and you should be consuming it and leveraging it differently. So I think it's a really strategic thing based on what your goals are, both personally and professionally. That's, that's just my opinion, right? Like, and I, I love when Gary Vaynerchuk says, the ROI of a basketball is very different to LeBron James than it is to anybody else on the planet, right? Outside of the NBA, right? So it, it, I think I think that's that should give some context to how much time you should be spending on social. To me, 
it's very, very valuable. And everything that I'm doing, including talking right now, uh, is building my. Yeah, I mean, not like I don't want it to be misconstrued that like yeah, like I suddenly, am you know now failed businesses because I'm into you know like social media or whatever. But what I'm saying is that there's always interest. I mean, you know, for instance, I, I want to get into multifamily. I'm in the hotel side, and yeah, you know, like when you're a beginner, like I'm, I'm kind of that person that wants to go all in, right? And you want to consume, and you want to like information, you want to absorb it, you want to understand it, and you know, and and I think for a lot of people, it's the more you know, the less the risk. Um, you know, getting into something and, you know, you know, sometimes you just have to like, you know, jump out of the plane and then, you know, find your parachute along the way. But, you know, I get that. Um, I, I'm not that person. Like, I, I want to study things and understand them before I, you know, uh, do things. But yeah, I mean, just, I do find myself, I mean, I'm kind of feast or famine on here. Like it's, you know, like there's something interesting and then it's also not up to you sometimes the timing of the subject matter that's being, Put out there is at certain times and you've got you know the national schedule the international schedule we have international real estate so i'm always interested on you know in the in the uk market and we have properties in london so you know there's always something happening and it, it's just you're absolutely right you have to be disciplined and you can't like over consume like you know otherwise you know if you don't watch your diet you're gonna even your social media diet you're you're, you're gonna pay the price but um you know it's just it comes at you in so many different ways and it's it's very new as well in the way that it's, it's been created. And, you know, I think this platform itself is, is, is also changing conceptually as well, at, you know, with each day. So it's just, it's just an interesting thing. I mean, that's just uh, kind of, I think, the here and now for me on this, but, but it's definitely coming at me from all levels. I, I totally agree. Um, and, I, and by the way, it's interesting because I can't tell you the last time I've been on Clubhouse um, and, I, and I jumped on here. Uh, like not even realizing that this was the next thing in my calendar. Um, and I definitely am not using Clubhouse the way that I did, uh, you know, months ago. Um, and uh, and it's interesting because I think that will continue to, you know, be the case. You know, there's going to be new platforms that uh, some of us, you know, end up leveraging more and, and old platforms and, you know, I think ultimately uh, there's going to be so many different versions of Clubhouse, right? Like LinkedIn is going to launch one in the near future, et cetera, et cetera. So it will continue to evolve and change. Andrew, if you're still available, I, I'd be curious to hear what's going on in your world with regard to, you know, obviously Netflix came onto the scene and, and changed the game uh, and I've always obviously been fascinated by the fact that Blockbuster Video passed on buying Netflix for uh, a very uh, low uh, you know, dollar amount based on um, the opportunity, but they just didn't see what was, was around the corner. Um, and I think a lot of us can learn a lot from that. But what's, what's kind of happening beyond Netflix? Yeah, well, and it's funny that you bring up that Netflix – blockbuster story which is definitely a, a case study for the ages but those kind of media acquisition opportunities that could have changed the dynamic they, they're almost a dime a dozen even like viacom you know before my time there 20 years ago they were in talks to buy facebook before it was blowing up and that could have changed the trajectory of society had they not been in their own public uh situation by themselves but i think 
the Netflixes of the world or the Netflixication of the media sector has been a pretty fascinating change the last couple of years. Every major media service is putting out uh, a change, a pivot to streaming that is completely disrupting their business models because streaming is great. Consumers love it. It's easy access. You have more control in your on-demand content and creators love it just because they're getting their uh, stuff out there. But the business of traditional media in terms of cable television revenue and film tickets, there's still great situations. So it's, it's a delicate balance for sure. For us, we put out Paramount Plus this year. It's done very well and, you know, certain growth models. But at the same time, we're still getting a lot of our, our returns from, you know, normal cable television, MTV advertising and Nickelodeon subscriptions, stuff like that. So it's, a, it's been a delicate balance for sure. And that kind of goes to my earlier point of why there, it feels like there's more production studio growth in the, the real estate sector because there are just so many different places that content can live and be consumed that you just need more building upon that as well to put it to create it for all realms of individuals and production companies. I, I by the way, the term net Netflixification or net net <laughs> net <laughs> Netflix Netflixication is is that what it was? Yeah, I mean it's uh you could have also gone with a Netflix apocalypse, I, I think was yeah. thrown around when Disney Plus was launching. It's funny because yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I was involved in in uh, the early introduction of Chipotle into into New York Metro uh, in the early 2000s. And, you know, I worked directly with Steve Ells. And I mean, that was obviously one of the most exciting highlights of, of, of you know, what I do. Um and it's the same thing, right? It's it's the Chipotlefication, if you will, in fast casual, like how uh, one of my buddies who's in Florida yesterday called me and, and randomly was like, you know, I'm going to this like, you know, Chipotle type concept that's Mediterranean, da 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 da, da right? So I feel right. like, you know, Chipotle came in and absolutely just changed the game with regard to how, um, you know, people consume. And... Uh, and, and, you know, everybody under the sun, you know, the kind of, it's also the, the, the Brooklynification of every, you know, every state has like a Brooklyn, right? Like, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, the, uh, the Brooklyn of Philly, uh, you know, Fishtown is kind of like the Brooklyn of Philly, right? So I think these things are, are just <laughs> interesting, uh, because, you know, in your world, man, Netflix just changed the game, uh, and, and there is, you know, that, that really affects all of our lives. Definitely. So I mean, it's ways. really been a good, any time over the last 20 years, you feel like you're a, a new company and you become kind of a market leader. And all of a sudden the established players are copying you with their own products. Like say, yeah. you know, we're going to put out the, this is going to be the Uber of this or the Airbnb of that. It's always, you know, pretty telling who the companies are, the Netflixes across all industries that are, you know, not just casually disrupting models, but disrupting to the point where they become the established player in right. terms of market value. It's a it's a very interesting trend to see these companies grow at such a rate because, you know, the markets accept that even if their business model isn't as profitable or stable at a starting point, 
they can see that users and consumers like it enough that the money will follow and that's enough to tip the scales. And they're also, you know, it's kind of like the pandemic, right? Like the pandemic initially, everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to have to stay home for three months. You know, two years later, it's like, holy shit. Like I used that Peloton a lot more than I thought I would. Absolutely. Curious to see really, you know, what, major companies that are, you know, very well capitalized, uh, ultimately fall victim to, you know, uh, these disruptive companies coming in and changing the game and them not necessarily, you know, following uh, along those lines or, you know, pivoting uh, quickly enough, or I think everybody else, you know, has their own formula for how to integrate that stuff into their business. And I'm sure Viacom, you know, being one of the the biggest uh, is, is, you know, being very thoughtful about that traditional versus modern. You really have to be. Like yeah. I said, it's, it's a delicate balance between the, the money that's already on the table and the way that you know the model is going to have to change in the future. You can't just shut it down and start anew. You got to gradually shift in that direction while still keeping all your stakeholders happy. I think, and I, and I think just to jump on, I think what we're seeing, you know, at the at the retail level right now, is this f- rapid growth of these micro, I'll call them micro fulfillment centers, these these ten to fifteen minute grocery uh, delivery stores, because we're gonna, there's gonna be thousands of them in in the blink of an eye, and it'll be interesting to see how the traditional grocery stores uh, react to that. I don't see them putting them all out of business, but I think it has the ability to take a chunk of their business away and how the, how the locals respond to, to that model. Because mo- most, most deli- um, supermarkets do do the delivery services, but can they do it in the manner that these groups are, the, the GoPuffs, the DoorDashes? I mean, they, the valuations on these companies are they're through the roof. I mean, Blackstone just bought into GoPuff and they have a $15 billion valuation. And they're trying to do delivery everywhere. Meanwhile, there's 10 other companies trying to do the exact same thing. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that all plays. And I think they're one of the latest to be going through this transition period. Can I, can I, um, I'm sorry, I just want to bring someone up if they're available. David Sudak, are you, are you in the audience? Are you, are you available? Um, he's an attorney of mine and he is one of the most connected people in the hotel business. From East Coast to West Coast, he, he deals with institutional individuals, um, and he's got great insight. But, Corey, I, I just kind of wanted to connect both of you guys as well because I wanted to ask you about um, ghost kitchens. And I know that's been a big thing here in New York and major cities. Uh, are you dealing with that because you do deal with the retail side of the quick service food um, and, and, you know, how that relates to the CRE um, well, there's been, you know, there's been a lot of this, a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, stuff out there, and we're seeing it more and more. I know that my, like the guys that I'm involved with on a personal level, from a business perspective, have stayed away from it. They've sort of looked into it, uh, whether it's Smashburger or Panda Express, things like that. But there are a lot of big companies that are getting involved with this because the the over, you know, it keeps their overheads down, and because uh, if the pandemic, if for nothing else, just really made everything happen so fast in terms of the delivery. You know, you went from the QSR, these QSRs 
that had to, had to turn themselves into delivery services. And so the way they're setting up these ghost kitchens is just so they, as you know, they'll just have the kitchen and then they'll just provide delivery. No, um, you know, no retail customer. And there's going to be, that'll be uh, another one. I know I mentioned the supermarket, the supermarkets, but yeah, there's going to be a proliferation of these ghost kitchens uh, still remains to be seen. There are some big names behind them, uh, whether they're corporate names or just chefs and things like that. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. I know that, and I always say this, I'm, I'm very New York centric, so I really can only speak to the, to the New York market. Uh, what's going to be interesting is at the outset of the pandemic, there was um, you know, a grab for this real estate. And there were landlords that were willing to let go, you know, let go and transact at, at a number that made these ghost kitchens possible. But I've seen a shift. I've seen a shift in, in the New York City market in terms of the real estate value and how the landlords perceive their value. And so they're not, it's not as cheap. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how all that plays. Interestingly enough, I saw Wendy's, uh, I read something about Wendy's getting involved and, and wanting to have several hundred ghost kitchens and be part of ghost kitchens. Uh, so it's something that I'm certainly monitoring. I have not done any transactions or things like that. I've had inquiries on some of my properties that haven't gotten very far, but it's definitely something to continue to monitor. You, you know, like we've, thought about it for our properties we have um kitchens and things i i, I think that i think that it's something that um, you, um what i'm sorry darshan darshan you, you cut yeah, out yeah i think you know i think he was talking about the uh you know the kitchens that that are in their properties and and using them probably to you know as, as ghost kitchens uh, or commissaries which makes a lot of sense. And we should connect them to Kyle and Sarah, who focuses on that. Exactly. And I've heard, <laughs> and I've heard, that, I've heard, that, I've heard that, same, that same commentary about using certain things. And I don't, you know, Darshan, we could look at your facilities and see, uh, yeah. you know, the size and the capability, and we'll put you in touch with Kyle. But I've heard about some of the conversations I've had are about you, you running your, your, for example, you're running your hospitality business and you're providing you know, the services within the, within the hotel, but, you know, literally and figuratively out the back door, you're running a ghost kitchen because you have that area and, and, and it's a utilization of space that you may not be utilizing at the, at your hotel, maybe conferences are down and things like that. And you get to expand an area and it allows you to benefit, you know, from a real estate, from a real estate perspective and, and income for you guys. Uh, but uh, I think the key there is linking you up with the right operator. And uh, Jason and I can certainly put you in touch with that right guy. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly right, Corey. A lot of folks are, um, you know, leveraging a lot of, believe it or not, I mean, churches, schools, right? Like they're set up to, uh, they, have, they have some pretty serious kitchens uh, that are used, you know, uh, really fractionally. Um, so uh, hotels, I would assume that they have, uh, you know, bandwidth that they could uh, rent out their, their kitchens uh, similarly. So that makes, makes sense. And again, that's a more of a Kyle conversation um, than, than for you and I. Yeah. D Darshan just sent me a note. He's in a bad area. So he's going to try to jump back in when he can on his, on his phone. That sounds good. We uh, let's reset the room here. We have 10 minutes left. We are the CRE digital army and we are content creators. We're in the commercial real estate space or adjacent to it. And we are helping usher the commercial real estate industry into the digital era. 
Uh, we're a community of like-minded individuals that are passionate about helping commercial real estate professionals uh, grow their careers uh, through the use of these different things like Clubhouse. Uh, if anybody is down in the audience, has any questions, wants to jump into the conversation, raise your hand. We'll bring you up. We have 10 minutes left. Otherwise, we're going to keep freestyling from here. So, Corey, what else do you want to talk about? This is a, a lot of multitasking for me. I'm, I'm talking to Dash, Darshan on the side because he's texting me and trying to help him through. It's, this is too, this No is worries. Of, there's, a lot, there's a lot of work. Um, I think, I think that, you know, if we want to go back, I'll take us back to our start. Um, and, you, you know what, before you do, Corey, before you sure. do, I, I, I want it since Andrew is up here and I'm fascinated with obviously, you know, the, the media, uh, yep. industry. And I think it's really important, you know, with, with what we're doing with the digital army. Um, I'm curious if, you know, if we were wanted to think specifically about how content creation can help help, uh, you know, real estate, uh, let's say brokers or landlords or developers or tenants, brands, you know, I like hearing uh, the thoughts of somebody who's not necessarily in the commercial real estate space. Uh, so, you know, Andrew, any any thoughts on that? Like, are you do you have any real estate agent or developer or, you know, friends that uh, if you were them, what you would, uh, what kind of advice or guidance you might give to, to folks like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm in the surface of some circles of friends and family who are in that space. And whenever we talk and we intersect, you know, my, very non-physical world of media to their very physical world of real estate uh, beyond just the overlap of production studios. Like I mentioned before, the idea of how media can enhance the kind of communications around the real estate space. You know, even I, I know you mentioned uh, prop tech being a very buzzy space right now and that kind of mentality around how just digitizing of this world is so important, you know, you really have to appreciate the history of media and just how it's always been about connecting to audiences. You know, a lot of it's entertainment based, but you know, when you're talking about social media and content creation and all that, it's evolved in such an interesting way over the last decade that social media marketing used to be more of a footnote in a team's budget or uh, project expenses, but now it's just fully integrated into the very concept of what marketing is. So when you're trying to reach clients or reach audiences, reach consumers, it's really just attacking on all fronts. Wherever people are at, and especially in this last year, a lot of people are not physically around places anymore. It's all about connecting to that digital world to make these connections. So yeah, really just getting brands out there, getting your face into places like Clubhouse, for example, it's all good signs because people are building up personal and brand equity in ways that was never really possible before, thanks to the digitization of just, you know, communication in general. 
So we, we talk a lot about, you know, how important it is to develop a personal brand in business. And especially, you know, most real estate brokers are 1099. And whether they work at Zelnick and Company or Sabre or Cushman or JLL or CBRE, you know, the list goes on. They're essentially entrepreneurs working for themselves, you know, under the umbrella of another company. We believe that, you know, it's going to continue to be uh, more of an agent kind of first approach where folks are going to really need to start to develop their personal brands, regardless of where they hang their real estate licenses. What does personal brand mean to you? Like, what is a personal brand? Because I, when I speak to many different people, I think many different people have a little different interpretation or definition of it. I, I think it really depends on the person's needs for having a personal brand. You know, like if you are, if you're a content creator or a celebrity or anyone who's trying to push out media content that people are following you in social media or going to panels and events or even watching a movie that you're in, it's a very necessary world now to own where your brand is and how people interact with you. Um, you know, I, I know, I don't mean to use a phrase like kids today, but if you are in a younger cohort, like Gen Z, you know, you're not really thinking about celebrity and people and brands in a way of the old norms of just, if someone's in a movie, they're a celebrity and that's it. Now you can literally be the most random person in the world and you all of a sudden are putting your knitting videos on YouTube and people around the world are following you, then that's your brand and people will engage with that. So the authenticity of putting yourself out there and what you feel is resonating with yourself, you will always find an audience if you have that authenticity, but it also doesn't matter for everyone. You know, like my personal brand is, you know, having knowledge and business experience in a media sector. But for me, it's not like I need a following necessarily because I'm not doing much transactional business in an external capacity all the time. It's a lot of internal strategy and operations. So my brand at the moment is very focused on colleagues in my very large company, but that kind yeah. of stuff evolves. I, I know people who have pivoted very hard. You know, I went to business school a few years ago. People were changing their mentalities of going from being a teacher to being a venture capitalist. And all of a sudden, they very much have to change who they are perceived to be within their online media persona because it doesn't cut it if you're trying to invest in the world and you don't have any you know, no, no one can appreciate who you are, where you've come from, because if you Google someone and nothing comes up, now all of a sudden, why are you going to want to give them any money or give them a stake in something that you're building? So it definitely evolves. It definitely is differently relevant for people's different positions, but it's important to have ownership of who you're trying to be and make sure that's presented in the circles and media platforms that you think those important people are going to follow you from it was like it was like the, like we were talking earlier about new things right In, influencer right became a, a new thing it just became its own category and and people to, to do all those things right you know two years five years ago influencer i'm not sure that that was maybe i'm wrong was a term or or even a thing 
And that's now it's really evolved. Content creator has yeah, exactly. definitely become a more preferred nomenclature for the influencer right. world. But right, yeah, right. exactly. Like that's it came out of genuine reasoning of saying, "Oh, this person who's wearing a sweatshirt that looks cool, I might want to buy that, even though I have no idea who this person is because I've never seen them on a TV show, but." They look attractive here, so maybe I'll buy it. And that, that's the influence mentality. And that really right. has evolved in recent years, especially with proliferation of social platforms like Instagram stories and TikTok, that you can go to that next step and say, I'm building from scratch a personal brand of influence, despite having no direct connections to you know, Hollywood and agencies and that whole kind of landscape. Exactly. I think that's so, yeah, it's so, I mean, that's, that's so well said, Andrew, and it, and it's said it in a way that most commercial real estate professionals, you know, would not be able to, uh, to, to kind of put it into the words that you did, uh, which is why I, I knew it would be fun to kind of ask you that question. Um, and I think that's a good lesson for folks, right? Like I don't, I think it's important also to be careful how much you consume from people in your industry that don't necessarily inspire you. I think it's really important to look outside of your immediate, you know, surroundings for inspiration. Um, and Corey, you know, using saying that the term influencer five years ago, maybe didn't hold much weight in the social media world, you know, is telling about that because it, it didn't hold much weight in the commercial real estate world. But it held a lot of weight, you know, to people uh, that focus primarily on, you know, social media. Uh, the term's been around a lot longer than that, right? So absolutely, uh, and 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 Andrew put it perfectly. He took it from from sort of street to corporate without it being sort of old and stodgy, you know, in terms of. And that's my personal brand, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's yeah. great. Um, Hey, I, I got to tell you, I apologize. This has been a, a fun little room. Uh, unexpectedly, it has. I, uh, unexpectedly, I became a moderator. Happy to uh, to substitute for, Al <laughs> Al for Allison. Allison, I hope you're feeling better. But I I thank you all, and I apologize to you all because I have to jump off. Don't apologize. Off. It's over, yeah. man. It's twelve o'clock. All right, great. Buddy. Everybody, everybody <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, nice meeting you. I look forward to seeing you offline. Darshan, take care. Diva, I love you, and have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Andrew. It was really great. Uh, Deba, Darshan, thank you so much for joining us today on CRE Digital Armies. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, brother. Be well. Have a great day, everyone. Take care.